0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the
1: Everyday Driver Car Debate. I did something since the last podcast I've never done before.
0: Okay, that could go in a uh, lot wait, of wait, different no, directions. No, wait, yeah, you I should, I, should, that I, should, I
1: should qualify that statement, you're right. Because, because are we talking there, about cars? Yeah, we are talking about cars. What are Sorry, we talking about here? A car-related thing. Because last time I checked, this was a, this was a car podcast. Yeah, a car-related thing. Specifically, we were talking about buying cars out of state last time. We were right. talking about, actually last week, talking about that. Talking about just, obviously, buying cars in general. As you may have known, if you followed the Instagram, Facebook, whatever it was, uh, insta, insta book tweet, Insta tweet book, mm, there we go, um, that covered them all, Insta tweet book. If you follow yeah. that, you may have seen the video of Spot the Mini leaving my driveway. Right, right. As we record this podcast right now, happy Tuesday, by the way, it is most of the way to its new owner, Evan, in North Carolina, but here's where this gets weird. That car was not picked up by Evan. It was not picked up by a transport company. Mm-hmm. It was not picked up by anyone I know or have met before he arrived to pick up the car.
0: This is cool. This is a cool story. I like this.
1: This is also very weird. So so Evan <laughs> wins spot the Mini a couple months ago. Hello, he Evan. It. He's very excited. Yes. I, Evan, I hope that by the time you hear this spot is there and you're driving him, that would be very cool. That but would be awesome. Yeah. He is in the process of selling a Toyota Tacoma pickup. and. Figuring out with me separately, how do I get to Salt Lake to pick up this car from Todd? By the way, I'm selling a pickup. The guy that buys his pickup lives in Salt Lake. <laughs> I mean, how I still don't believe this actually. Unbelievably I still small world is that. And so this guy suggests why don't I drive the mini to you in North Carolina, pick up your Tacoma pickup and drive it home? <laughs>
0: This just astounded me. Yes. Because of all the people Yes, agreed. Agreed. The person is here in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's Evan. Yes, I know. It's not just anybody in North Carolina. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So so Evan sends
1: sends me a message about this. We start talking about this. He's like, Here's this guy's name. He lives twenty minutes from you. I mean, seriously, lives twenty minutes from Unbelievable. you. Unbelievable. You'll hand the mini off to him and he'll drive it to me. So we don't get me wrong. We did lots of little paperwork and little handoff documents and sure. all kinds of stuff like this, so that so that you can so when see it leaves the, the
0: driveway. Exactly. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly.
1: So that when it left the driveway, it's not my responsibility. <laughs> right. And also, it, right. you know, you can connect this driver, Garrett, great guy, connect him to the situation. But the weirdest thing about it was literally because Evan asked. He said, "Was it hard to watch Spot leave?" And I was actually okay with it, except for the fact that I handed keys to a total stranger who's like the weird third
0: element in this thing. Be like, "All right, have fun taking that to Evan." But what's interesting is, if he wants his pickup truck, he's gotta go take this mini to Evan. Isn't that weird? Isn't the word serendipitude or serendipitudinous (laughs) equacity?
1: Uh, <laughs> Serendipiacity. Uh, there you there go. There it is. That's I trying. I was working my somebody, way there. Somebody tried to write that down. That almost has... I think that almost has every vowel <laughs> in it right there. That's impressive,
0: yeah. I told you that I thought, well, it's it's not going to happen at this point because by the time this comes out, the Mini will probably be with Evan. Let's hope so, yes. However, on its journey, I thought, I wonder if that car gets spotted yeah. through its journey through mm-hmm. the middle of the U.S. Totally. And people think, oh my gosh, there it is. Yeah. It's being driven. And I yeah, yeah. wonder if... At a gas station, the new well, the third party, the guy, the what's third his name? Party,
1: the transport
0: driver, Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> Garrett. <laughs> I wonder if people find him at a gas station, and say, "Holy cow! I listened to the show. Here's the mini. Oh my gosh! I just that would be funny. I I know funny. this car just by yeah. virtue of the you know the the show, and then it's going to Evan, and Mm -hmm. I wonder if he collects stories, and then he's going to arrive at Evan's house and be like, I am so glad to hand off this car to you. I am really ready to give it away. I don't think it's that big a thing, but it would be funny. Anyway. It would be funny. And
1: also, uh, one of you actually mentioned out there that you live in Charlotte. You don't know Evan, but you're excited to see Spot on the Road somewhere. I hope that happens, too. I hope you see him one day, and you're like, I know that car. That'd be cool. Evan, I hope this car
0: runs till 250,000 miles. It just runs. You... (laughs) You could do whatever you want to it. You totally, could keep yeah. it amazing. You could yeah. you could do anything. Make with it, it a lemons car. Yeah. Hey. Whatever. Yeah. I'm thrilled with that. All right. Well, we've got a topic Tuesday that includes our personal list of greatest hits cars. That's Somebody no has pressure. asked
1: that. That's no pressure at all. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I do want to qualify that by okay. saying we have spent just well not very much time, very mm-hmm. little time mm-hmm. on this question, which I like because topic Tuesdays can change. Will we, change. We. Yeah. Reserve the right to change our minds in 30 minutes after the podcast stops (laughs) recording. (laughs) But I I think of these as not necessarily the moment in time cars. We're not selecting the trophy cars. We're selecting cars that stood out to us and are at the forefront of our minds, Mm -hmm. and they are right now. Because I guarantee you, I'm going to think of another car after we stop recording. Well, there's a couple I don't have on this
1: list that I consider amazing cars. But the way I tackled this list, and we're going to come back around to it after some news and other things, but the way I tackled this list is I thought about that truck you and I theorize about. What is that car transport, the everyday driver transport that we have with a bunch of cars on it that you, the listener, could come to a meetup and rent?
0: Oh, right. I right. thought about that okay, truck. Okay. I thought
1: about what are the cars see, that I personify see. the stuff we want to get you into. So they handle well, they have
0: personality, they're fun to drive, they're affordable. What are those cars? So it was more with a mind instead of the audience. You had the audience in mind yes. or people who had never driven these cars yes. in mind to come to this theoretical, yes. mystical, does not exist transporter. Which I wish it did because we would have rented all those cars our latest meetup, which would have been really cool. That That's that's actually one of well, my dreams. turning honestly. in about two or three transporters with my list it that is. I had to well, actually back away from. I, I had to ixnay some cars off the list here. I, I
1: extended my list even beyond the truck, if you will, but, but that was kind of where I started because I just thought the cars that... Have given us the disease. The cars. Yeah, Everybody yeah. ever, ever anybody says, "I have one of these." We go, "Cool car."
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. I I left this as more of a. Uh, it was very personal for me. Okay. All right. Sure. It, and and I do agree with the transporter mm-hmm. list of. Mm-hmm. It, it's like three transporters. <laughs> Paul has a fleet. It's a NASCAR race of transporters now, <laughs> everybody.
1: The everyday driver crew is really rolling in now. We're going to yeah. need some space to park people, the trucks, folks. are
0: watch that roll and think, um, <clears throat> how? Why? Yeah, seriously.
1: Where are you going to park those? We have a, a really cool car debate coming up from Tyler riding in from Toledo, Ohio. So that's coming up as well. But before we do all of those things, there's a bit of
0: news that dropped today that we should discuss. Yes, there is. We are looking at the same news headlines you are about the new Top Gear take. UK update mm-hmm. with the new host lineup, and by the way, you've noticed they're all British now. Yes. There's no Americans in the lineup. Yes. We have lost Rory, and we've lost Matt out mm-hmm. of the, the Top year UK lineup, mm-hmm. so only Chris Harris remains, mm-hmm. and they've introduced two guys I <laughs> have never heard of, I'll be honest. Well, one's a British
1: comedian, the other, other is a British uh, famous cricket player. They're big in Japan? Uh, no, no, probably
0: not, okay. actually, but yeah, I don't know. All right, so this is Patty McGinnis and Andrew Flintoff. Mm-hmm. Did you notice Patty's a big guy? He's yes, he is. four. Yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. He's... and Andrew's 6'1", as a matter of fact, and the photo makes Chris look tiny. Yeah, well, they stacked him in an order of height for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, Andrew is a cricketer. Uh, is that how you say it? Is that proper yes, pronunciation? Yes, crick- cricketer does work, cricketer, yes, right? it does in that regard, yes. And uh, Patty's a comedian as well, so he's, well, they're big in Britain. And um, <laughs> I, I got it. I think this is cool because, well, you can weigh in with the producer angle and the producer feel. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting because they get a comedian, they get a, a cricketer mm-hmm. who is going to bash on cars, probably, and Chris the Drifter, who's yeah. the he's the shoe, he's the stunt man, he's going to you yeah. know the race car yeah. driver guy, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to give new cars going forward. Interesting opinions. And so I, I am leaving this open. I liked Matt okay. LeBlanc a lot I on there. I, I thought he was doing Joey on Top Gear UK. Yes, but the thing
1: that he pulled off, I mentioned it before, the thing he pulled off that was really interesting is, let's be honest, as much as we may have all bemoaned this as audience members, Top Gear has always been scripted. It always has been. Yeah. When they've been at their best is when it doesn't feel like it or when in the midst of a scripted moment, and this is what every reality TV uh, producer is trying to accomplish. You create a scripted moment that creates a non-scripted response. That's what you want. Okay. All right. Okay. right. But – Top Gear had set up a lot of those things. Sometimes they worked wonderfully. A lot of the road trips, they worked really well with the original three guys. What was interesting about Matt LeBlanc, and watch the episode where they're chasing Bigfoot for the best example of this. Okay. Because there's a whole scripted thing there where he's chasing Bigfoot and Chris Harris thinks he's insane.
0: When they're out in the mountains doing a totally. thing. Totally. He's, he's hanging to... meat from trees. Uh, I mean, that's right. It's, it's that's ridiculous.
1: Right. It's a ridiculous premise. But Matt LeBlanc, as an actor, sells it. In a way that nobody else that's hosted that show has been able to pull off, but, but
0: the guy's an actor. You're right, and he can pull that off, mm-hmm. but he's doing Joey from Friends. He's doing a bit of that character uh, with yes. a bit of his real self yes. and doing his car love, and I just thought it worked. It's, I was massively entertained by he him. He
1: was able to sell that in a way that nobody else was able to. So yeah. my problem here is you've taken that element out of the show. Okay. Yeah. Also yeah. Rory Reed I think was underutilized to begin with because that guy oh, was agree. so child excitable you could give him a ridiculous premise and the little kid in him would sell it.
0: Well, he also did the philosophical thing about cars that neither Matt or Chris did. You're right. Right. He did. He had a very different take on cars, mm-hmm. and they would give him cars that kind of fit that yeah. Rolls Royces and whatever that is. Yeah. And it almost didn't matter the car. I just wanted to hear his take on things. Did his
1: little city car pack and ben his thing. approach he did a Tesla Model X thing It was yeah. very good, where he just thought about it in a larger sense than just a car view. I agree with much that. so.
0: I'm going to miss that
1: as well. I think this is at first blush, this is a odd lineup you think this is another Chris Evans mistake odd lineup I don't no I don't I I think because that was like seven hosts and they were they were trying to do way too much and Chris Evans they quickly discovered couldn't talk and drive a car at the same time which I will say (laughs) to his credit is difficult yeah it's genuinely difficult it is To drive a car quickly and talk to a camera coherently is a difficult combination that, in spite of how easy it might look, is not easy to do all the time.
0: Well, yeah, especially depending on the speed. When you're Mm -hmm. on a racetrack, it gets very difficult. When you're stuck in traffic, it gets very difficult. But (laughs) there's that speed, that magical speed, where you start to really feel a car and the words just flow. You just really get animated. But I also think it's you and I have done it a lot because it's still hard.
1: I mean, the first time Chance was on camera, and he's got a cool piece coming up actually for us. First time Chance was on camera was one of the first comments he made to me. He was like, that's much harder than I thought it was, interesting, you know, so so once they discovered Chris Evans couldn't do that, they had <clears throat> a bit of a problem but But the thing <laughs> is, each of those three guys that were the original hosts that of course, are now grand tour had very distinctive personalities. They're trying to do that here, but I also think this is interesting. I think this is a budget cut,
0: Oh, because they're not names as far as an actor. they and are a three famous for whatever.
1: This is BBC programming. For Britain and not for the world. The last Top Gear was them trying to plan for the world. Interesting. This is them. They've they've got and and I love Chris Harris. He's one of the best out there. He's obviously a hot shoe. Absolutely, that's not a problem. It's not a problem. Yeah. But this is picking two people that will appeal to Britain because BBC is. Publicly, very. I mean, it's publicly funded, so all of their budgets and decisions are out there. Right, right. And there was much discussion about how much the old three used to get paid. You know, they had to pay mm-hmm, Matt LeBlanc mm-hmm. a nice fee. You know, and if you watch those episodes, a lot sure. of those episodes were shot in the U.S. to accommodate Matt LeBlanc. This is a there's a straight up budget cut involved here, and a desire on the part
0: of some producer to go. We need to make this a show for England. Do you think it's a budget cut only for salaries for the hosts, or do you think it's a budget cut in episode, episodic? Thematic, whatever it is. Hey, we're going to race a Harrier against a insert I bet fast you, car here.
1: I bet you there will be no episodes in the U.S. the entire first season. They do that, and I bet you most of the episodes will be a driving distance away.
0: But do you also think this will be an appeal to more of the original? I, I guess more of the, like you said, the fan base in the UK because they're they just seem like hey, cool guys. We put some cool we'll guys see. in here. They we'll come see. from different walks of life. They have different careers. Won't that be interesting to get their take on cars? They seem to be all yeah. car enthusiasts. Yeah. By the way, we've got Chris. He's the hot shoe over here. He's mm-hmm. used to doing this. He's totally. going to anchor totally. things yep. supremely. Yes, he will. But then we've got two new takes on here. Mm-hmm. Does that change the brand, I guess?
1: No, I actually think, there? I think there's a discussion that went on in a development room here where somebody said, this is a BBC show. Let's make it for Britain. Mm. And they and they cast it accordingly. You have two people, that people in Britain. You and I are sitting here going, who? But I bet you oh, yeah. every single person yeah. listening to this
0: podcast right now in England goes, oh, those guys. And they have an opinion. And there's plenty of people in the U.S., plenty of actors or, or totally. you know, athletes. Mm-hmm. Everybody else in the world would say, <clears throat> sorry, who? Yeah. So I think this is BBC focusing it to make it a
1: British show. Mm. And if they get it larger, great, fine, bonus. We'll, we'll pull it local. We'll pull it budget back. We'll have a show that we can all feel confident about. This checks all the boxes. It's still Top mm-hmm, Gear, mm-hmm. but we didn't go nuts. We made it for Britain. If it does better, great.
0: And I think the humor—I mean, you having lived there—I think you get some of the jokes that I don't, but or at least some of the words. But uh, I, I think the humor is going to be very much focused on that mm-hmm. instead of. I mean, there's there's American humor that just doesn't fly in the rest of the world. It just doesn't versa. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any country has that same kind of thing. So I'm wondering if they're thinking and writing with that. Th- that thought in mind and making it very homegrown. And let's also be
1: honest. They have another season to release yet that still has Matt LeBlanc and Rory Reed. That's not out yet. That's clearly on the back end of post. This is an announcement for a season that they haven't shot a frame of. Yeah, true. So we have a whole other season of the guys as it
0: exists until it goes on. It's going to be very interesting. Hmm. I'll be watching all of the above. Okay. All right. I'm intrigued where this goes, as is everybody else. But uh, for now, we've got to move on to another piece of business here, and that is the upcoming SEMA show that uh, is in SEMA. Las Vegas. Just a quick note to say that we will be there, mm-hmm. you and I, and Chance will be with us as well. And we're going to be attending. Chance and I are going to stay a little bit longer through Thursday morning, November 1st. So very timely announcement uh, as of uh, yeah, late October yeah. Uh, for the SEMA show. So we'll be there. We'll be... Talking to lots of people and um, if you think you saw us, a few vendors october thirtieth
1: so. and thirty first you did because we 're yeah. there, but yeah. I say if you think you did because if you 've ever been to see him or even if you hadn 't it 's overwhelming there are going it to be more people and lights and shiny cars and yeah. ridiculous things than you can imagine crammed
0: into the, the, the hall and the area outside. It just keeps going. It's also a very industry-focused show. Yeah, it's not yeah. like, uh, we'll say, any car show in in the world where no, they no, have no. the general public session. They want every attendee to really be there for business-to-business kinds of relationships, buyers, sellers, all that kind of stuff. But then there's always the people who have a friend who works at a dealer or a car parts yeah. shop, and they say, hey, can you get me a ticket to SEMA? And they end up going. So there's yeah. there's people who have... No real business to be done. They're just and, there to ogle the you know, huge lifted pickup trucks. And, and the girls that stand
1: underneath them. This is well, really yeah. what a lot of that part of SEMA is. It is one of the weirdest just stuck-in-time shows. I'm gonna Look, I'm gonna, not going to go far into this. I promise. <laughs> I promise. But I, I theorized about this last year, but we weren't into the Me Too era yet. How do you take the Me Too era and do booth girls at the SEMA show? You How do those two things exist in the same universe? Mm. I submit to you that Vegas is a bubble where that doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> I agree. But, I but agree. at the same time, I just I, I thought of it last year, and it wasn't even the midst of the Me Too era. Now we're there, and I'm going, what's SEMA going to be? It'll be the same as it always has been. <laughs> Turtlenecks for everyone. <laughs>
0: oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway. Except in Vegas. All right, well, that's um, a <clears throat> very uh, sensitive topic to, it to is, touch so, on. But
1: honestly, the booth girl thing continues to fascinate. Because I don't understand how that exists in modern time, I don't. And then SEMA takes it up, ramps it up a whole other notch. To, to I'm walking around going, I'm offended for the girl
0: that was asked to wear that outfit. I've, I had that thought last well, year walking around enter SEMA any booth. casino, and you feel that way. SEMA aside, yes, any casino yes. in Las Vegas, you feel that way. But but honestly, there were a couple of booths
1: I walked by last year, and I honestly thought if I was related to that girl in any way, shape, or form, I would go to whoever told her to wear that outfit and punch him in the face. Because no. <laughs> I had that thought last year. and Maybe I was alone, but there it is.
0: Okay, moving on to Topic Tuesday here. This is our personal list of greatest hits cars here. Again, this can change. I don't expect this to be a, a debate, but necessarily just a... What strikes you? What stands out today? Mm-hmm. Because a week from now, like I said, 15 minutes from now, it could okay. change. And yeah. All right. I reserve the right to add cars at any time during this podcast. If I think of something else, I'm going to add cars. I had to back way off my list because <laughs> my fingers went flying here. Okay. I was right. typing right. a lot of cars, and then I thought, now, is it just because I've driven it and liked it, or is mm. it truly. Mm. I had to. I guess set up a number of filters for myself Interesting. Okay. and refilter right. things and pull things back because then, then I'd remember another car and think, oh yeah, the E30 BMW M3. Well, yeah, that's yeah. going on the list. Yeah, yeah. So that is there mm-hmm. along with the 2011 BMW 1M yeah. and any BMW M2. Okay. Those are on okay. my list. I am also adding these two and I do this for you, the listener, and that is refocusing your driving skills because Mm, a greatest hits car that has been a right-hand drive car has very much stuck out in my mind, whatever that is. All right. So if you, you know, wherever you're listening in the world, if you are used to left-hand drive cars... Go drive a right-hand drive car. <laughs> and find yourself halfway in the other lane. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're not going to be texting. You're not going to be looking at your phone. Good point. Very good point. Yep. It's going to just refocus everything. And, and conversely, if you're driving right-hand drive cars, sure, sure. go experience a left-hand drive car. Mm-hmm. See what That's the rest good. of the world is actually That's doing. That's really good, yeah. Anyway, that was a shot. All right. And also on that list is an electric car. Hmm. I'm just saying an electric car, whatever that sure, is. Sure, yeah, yeah. To feel the torque, to feel the silent nature of the car, mm-hmm. the surge of it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. to imagine yourself living and existing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. here's where things continue to go. We're yeah. advancing yeah, towards yeah. this as, you know, coexisting with gas cars, mm. the combustion engines. So those two, I put on there for, I don't care what they are. Okay. Just go drive those. If you have an opportunity, Yeah, yeah, yeah. those have continued to be on my greatest hits just as okay. far as the experience is concerned. All right. All right. But of course, then I jumped to Cayman's. Not surprising, yeah. Okay. So I will say a Porsche Cayman of any year, but I will say specifically a 987.1 car. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that everybody tiptoes around the IMS bearing, but they also have this raw and filtered nature about them. That You're is talking 06 to 09. Glorious, yeah. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. That's on my list. Go actually. drive one of those mm-hmm. cars. And I will say the Cayman, not the Boxster, that's me. I speak for me. Sure, sure, sure. I'm also putting an air-cooled Porsche 911 on there. Hopefully a 3.2 Carrera or a 993, ideally. So so I w- I'm going to keep clarifying with years as best I can. So we're
1: talking mid-80s mid- to mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that generation. That, obviously the 964 is in the middle. For those of you that are Porsche geeks, we have the 3.2 Carrera <laughs> in the 80s. Then there's the 964, then there's the 993. The 993 ended the air-cooled era in 98 or so. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. we're talking mid to late 80s and also the early 90s. Those
0: are the two generations you're discussing. Yeah, very much so. Good, excellent clarification. I'm, I'm getting very quickly into the Porsche speak. Obviously, Uh, it's easy to do, and it could be overwhelming. But it's overwhelming for Nissan engine codes and BMW models. We try
1: really hard to not speak in engine codes on this podcast, or kind of ever because we're all
0: just lost (laughs) and shaking our heads at some point. Yeah, I have a lot of GT cars on my list. I had to pull a few back. Okay, a Porsche nine twenty eight with the 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 rear axle. Was a brilliant design. <laughs> okay. This car is so nimble; they're they're great. Despite the in the horsepower age that we live in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'd think, oh, well, they're down on power because they only have two hundred and eighty or three hundred horsepower. Yeah, doesn't sound like a lot, but go drive if you have an opportunity okay. to drive a nine twenty-eight. Okay. I do keep jonesing actually for one, and I'm still trolling the <clears throat> everything. Bring a trailer included. Yeah, it's it's. I'm stuck on those still. But I will add the Mustang GT350R, which is a track car. It can be a GT car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is a phenomenally outstanding car. Excellent. It's on about this as well. That was one of the first ones that I came up with, That's good. That's good. Z06, C7 Corvette. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Holy moly, this is fast. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy good. And then I mentioned the BMWs and rounding this out so far for right now, (laughs) Honda S2000. It's good. This is a greatest hits. That's car. a very good list. It's They're a inexpensive. Very good list. Yep. They're yep. delightful. There's so much character to be mm-hmm. found and mm-hmm. and chased. It's I guess when you're driving car. very these good cars, car, though, yeah. you go chase them by virtue of the road that you're on, okay. and it, it reveals right. itself as you drive. All right, really like that. Interesting. Okay, I, I that's my list for right now. I like it.
1: I like it. I'm going to stay Look, I even I even thought about, you know, does this need to go to sedans? How would I do with SUVs? I pondered that, but I'm going to stay more sports car focused because it's kind of what we do, okay? Fair enough. I'm also but going you to can stay do anything. I totally. mean, I'm also open. going to stay generally with those cars that you would find on the everyday
0: driver transporter as if you haven't driven it, go get in that car right now. I okay? I, I want to design this transporter. I know you it do. needs to be the Canopy version of this. There you this go. I like it. Sweet wheels and the
1: cool cab. I will say two on my list that I don't know go on the truck, though. Okay. Because they are very niche, and they're not for everyone, and they're also not that easy to find. Care and feeding is your difficulty here as well. One is the Lotus Elise, which clearly I love and own, and I love putting people behind the wheel. Sure, sure. But it's finicky. It's, fin- it, it's mid-engine Fair. in all the great and bad ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, some people have described it as the world's greatest kit car. I, I can't really deny your commentary there. It's not for everybody, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a great car, and it is, as far as I am concerned, it is the definition of steering feel period i people are going to oh but the 911 no kills the 911 too i i even the original 911s i'm say, personally saying you don't agree you're shaking no, your head no
0: no i actually agree do you okay it well, is there they're for me phenomenal. it is
1: if you want to know what steering feel is lotus elise and that's the beginning and end of the list for doing it right I just add an addendum and mm-hmm. that is not every car is in a lotus elite. Oh no no. No, I'm saying that is hundred percent in that category, but it, it makes sacrifices so many other places that right. at some point you right. have to bring that hundred percent down to ninety five because you gained all this other stuff. Okay? <laughs> when, so
0: when you're thinking about tire sidewall in relation to handling and being able to separate the two now, where you and I are at and we, we <laughs> slice that radish, whatever the onion is, we're slicing it pretty thinly.
1: When you could when you could feel, as, as I have in my own driveway, you when you can feel the zip tie go underneath uh-huh. the tire, that is both fantastic and ridiculous. Just, mm-hmm. you've got to be kidding. That shouldn't right, happen. Right. So, it's not on the truck, but it's fantastic. Okay. Also okay. not on the truck is the BMW 1M, which I love, but it's, it's not something everybody can buy or own, or wants to maintain because no. they have that air of this is a special car, shouldn't I keep it nice? It's got all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, sure. So I didn't put it on the list either, but those are two cars that I personally would own, so I have to put them on the, the greatest okay. hits list. Of course, I do own one of them already. So let's talk about this truck. Is it it's, a big truck? It's, it's it's kind of a big truck. It's okay. got an 86 on it. FRS, BRZ, okay. I don't care. That car's I kind of figured. If you haven't figured. driven this car, if you've discounted this car, this is absolutely the greatest hits car for me, drive it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. In any generation, it's just a fantastic car for fundamentals, and it's a fantastic car for people that drive well, too. That's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. In that same category, any generation MX-5, I don't care. Any generation MX-5.
0: Speaking of tires, these are both cars that are dramatically transformed by tires Absolutely. alone. Absolutely. yeah, because they, that's what's fascinating about them. And because they are so well set up,
1: properly set up mm-hmm. as a driver's car, mm-hmm. that tire shift makes a big difference. But, but any generation of the MX-5, okay. if All you right. get in one and can drive it, that is a fundamental driving car, just like the 86s. Both of okay. those are on there. I am going with you on the first-gen Cayman. If you're a convertible person, go first gen. Go second gen. Boxster. The Boxster existed before. It did. Okay. Right. So this is the nine eight seven generation. So we're talking 05 in the case of the Boxster. 06 in the case of the Cayman. To it's like 2011 when they get post IMS bearing, but if you go the .1 like you're talking about, mm-hmm. it's up to like 09. Okay?
0: There's a raw quality to these. There There's is. a little bit of sound deadening missing, and it, mm-hmm. it brings the chassis through more so than the later cars. And I'm a later car owner. I'm a 981 owner. Yeah, and here. and it's the it's the last
1: gasp of Porsche doing a great combination of a wonderful six speed manual and a really good hydraulic steering system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cayman yeah. that uh, that generation Cayman. I'm gonna put for the same reason nine a nine nine seven this is my 911. That generation 911 sure, is on my greatest hits list. This is the 05 to 2011-ish 911. It has that same benefit of the gearbox and the hydraulic steering. You want to have a 911 experience? That's the one I'm going to always say. Now, I'm going to go to Honda real quick. There's two on this truck from Honda, and they're from the same era. The S2000 is oh, on the truck, okay. but so is the original NSX. Good one. And it's on yeah, there because, yeah. look, in general, all the cars on my list you can get for under sixty grand. All of them, okay?
0: Okay. That All original right. NSX, right.
1: under sixty grand, okay? So that car's on there for sure. That is Honda killing it and then putting the rest of the mid-engine car world on notice yeah. while still making it like, I can drive this like a Honda Accord. That's an achievement. That is a greatest hits car. So that's on there. As an also Porsche alternative, I have to say the original Evora. That's on the truck instead of the Elise, Believe
0: it or not, really. Because it's, so the one and the Elise are left behind. Because they are nowhere on the truck. They're not on the truck they're because I a, think the Avora the Avora here?
1: is more acceptable, more accessible for more people. I think it is the car that more people could own. If we're just talking about a track day rental, yeah, you want the Elise or the Exige. If you're just talking about a track day rental, but if sure, I'm talking about cars sure. people could, I would like them to drive and then maybe even consider owning. I think the Evora is the better call because it is the more usable car. I agree. Okay? I agree and that. it also is a little bit less quirky in its driving dynamics because the, the Elise is just, sure, I can spin. That's fine. I'll spin. I, I'll, I, you you <laughs> screwed up, but I'll, I'll bite you for it. The Evora is less that way. Okay? Very much so. Well, so, most
0: cars are less than, true, true, true. So than the, the biting is on nature there. of the
1: Elise. The base, just give it to me straight up, with the Z51 package, the base current Corvette C7 is a greatest hits car. It is. I thought about just a C7, but the Z06 just ramps it up But that C7, the fact that you can get them used now for in the high 30s, I mean, come on. Which is crazy. Come on. So that car's there. If you want just ridiculous power as an alternative, though, we could go C6-Z07. I mean, pardon me, C6-Z06? right with a 4, 427 motor in it 500 horsepower of fury and it's naturally aspirated you've got to be kidding me 7 liter engine that could be an alternative but that's on there and then uh finally i will say it. we don't give it much love but i will say it cuz it's a good car to get some perspective on oh, by the way i have some front wheel drives but hang on this is my this <laughs> How is my long rear is wheel. This, trailer? this truck is uh, long it's not a 53 footer 370z preferably the nismo you really? got to get it used
0: you got to get it a used a
1: 370
0: is that good enough to be on your truck.
1: For, for a group of people going, what should I drive to make sure I've driven an experience? It should go on there. The Nismo is really superb. It is. The problem it is, is it's way too expensive new. Right. It's, right. it's, not, um, it's fran- frankly not worth yeah. it new. But used. Once they drop to the 30s, it's like, okay. Well, so there lower you go. than that, I agree. Yeah. And then very quickly, the non-rear-wheel drives. I've got just a very quick list. <laughs> Fiesta ST for sure. Yeah, Good. Good. the Renault Megane 265 that we drive in Europe that's a good one that, that is always a impresses me front wheel drive mm-hmm. chassis mm-hmm. the current type R really the civic type R is up there it's up there i had that on my list i had to it's ugly but it's up there excise my list here i, know, I had I know. to oh, and I, i'm still not including some things all right all right if you want to experience what all wheel drive is when it tries me an enthusiast car and it just works and it's just normal and acceptable subaru wrx Yeah, good. And then if you want to see what all-wheel drive does when it goes crazy, the Evo X, and I'm now done. (laughs) Nice.
0: The truck is getting longer, or maybe it's it's triple stacked.
1: It's a a couple of trucks, I will Mm -hmm. admit. That's that's probably two trucks worth.
0: No, that's good. No, I I like that you're also bringing everybody who listens to the podcast in. But I, I could say about both our lists that... I want you to experience all of these cars. Agreed. And that's, the that's, biggest what thing. Translates that's the biggest thing yeah. on camera for us. That's that's our mindset when we're driving these cars and talking to camera and that is what you should be here mm-hmm. or sitting next to me and let me show you when I do this can you feel blank the mm-hmm. tires the engine whatever totally, that is. Totally. That's our mindset when
1: we're driving these cars. Well, and I feel like these kind of cars, when we talk about these kind of cars, these greatest hits cars for us, these are the cars that if I could get you listening into all of them, you would look at me and go, I get it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love almost about this more than anything is just, I, I've had two or three people drive my Lotus since I owned it. And mm-hmm. they all get out and just look at me with these
0: like saucer eyes and go, I had no idea. And I'm like, well, you get it now, don't you? <laughs> Which is so much fun. Yes, that's after they get past the whole, you fit, so... Could I possibly yeah, fit? Totally. And then once they're past that whole, you know, clown, yeah. Ringling well, Brothers Circus kind of entry, then you get to the driving. You're right. Well, they were astounded. That, there was that thing that you didn't
1: see because you and I had to split our road tours for the meetup. Okay? You had yeah, a group right. and I had a group. Right. When my group stopped at the far end of our road tour for the, for the turnaround to come back, I got out of the car and I forget who it was. I was talking to somebody about, obviously, me being the weird guy getting out, and out of that car. And I said, have you ever been in one? And they said, no, of course not. And I said, get in. So then we started like a receiving line of like a half dozen people wanted to get in the Lotus. I was like, please. They're just climbing in to see <laughs> really? how they fit. Because why not? That's okay? hilarious. So, yeah, that's the thing. If any of these cars, you would drive and you would understand why we like them. And that is the reason that they're on the list.
0: All right. Well, if you've got your own debate, which we will get here after the break, please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. Drop us a line. Drop us your story as well. Your budget and where you live would be a very helpful in um, a couple of paragraphs or less.
1: (laughs) A couple scroll rule. That's the key thing. Exactly right. Paragraphs,
0: punctuation, all of this matters. Exactly right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified french fries, or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes or bizarre trinkets, you know, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are continental belts. They're actually original equipment on... Tens of millions of vehicles, we're talking FCA, Ford, GM, even BMW and Volkswagen, use Continental belts. Now, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V-belt with the OE Pedigree. It's their OE Technology Series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit,
1: form, and function. They have belts for almost 98% of vehicles on the road today in the
0: U.S. and Canada. There's enough surprises when you're working on a car. A belt shouldn't be one of them go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. I'm here to talk about Amsoil. Why Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports. They just get cars and vehicles. The Amsoil folks have created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing a lot more power out of your engine. Get a free copy of this horsepower guide at amsoil.com driver. When you're there, you can find out more about Amsoil synthetic motor oil too. You know, like how Amsoil Signature Series synthetic motor oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by a leading industry standard. Go to amsoil.com driver now to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower.
1: Okay, in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but stick with me. I'm not good with numbers. We're going to be in this together, I promise. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on
0: your car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, of course, is GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, and I'm out. I can't believe it. Tyler writes to us from Toledo, Ohio, mm-hmm. who and he works for a dealership group there. Yeah. He's got a new job, taking off window stickers, laying down floor mats, prepping the sold cars for their new owners. Yeah. And due to the location in relation to the other dealerships in this dealership network, he gets a chance to test drive as he delivers cars. That's pretty cool. So it's kind of perfect for a car yeah, enthusiast. Absolutely. To deliver cars. You're probably learning every bit or more as the sales folks are, honestly. Probably, you're, you're, yeah. You know, actually interacting with the car so much more, which Mm -hmm. I really like. Yeah, for sure. All right. So he is looking for a car for himself. Mm -hmm. And there's a few twists and turns in here. But ultimately, it comes down to his job, gives him an employee discount on various brands, including used cars. Yeah. And the price is what the dealer paid for the car plus $100. So essentially, the dealer is making 100 bucks profit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the sale of cars, any car, to their employees. Yeah, that's their employee
1: discount, which is very cool. And, and the list of places he could possibly get something from, this is the new list, by the way. Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Chrysler, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, of course, those are all connected anyway. Subaru, Nissan, Chevy, Toyota, and then anything on the used car lot. That's a large swath of the car populace right there.
0: It is. It, there's a lot of cars in there. So he's asking us, what should he buy with his discount? He's got the discount in mind, and he's clearly not yeah. in a hurry, so yeah. he can sit back. He's starting to drive a few things, mm-hmm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. But we come to the budget here. That, well, the budget is one of the two real problems that I see here. The budget is 13000 to 15000 He bumps okay. it up. Thanks a lot for yeah, two, and that's, two grand for me. There's I love good
1: it. cars out there for that that solve this there for are. sure. However, the other twist is you don't want any premium gas cars.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Which, uh, in general, Tyler, I'm going to say this to you premium gas cars are also the enthusiast cars. Uh, not
0: always. Generally in general, speaking. they are. So, yeah. Mm mm-hmm. All right, so currently he drives an 05 Ford Escape. It's four-cylinder, 115,000 miles on it. He said it's on its way out, but 115,000, honestly, is not that big of a deal anymore on what I consider to be modern
1: cars. True,
0: but he's but he's
1: saying, okay, I'm looking Could now. i bored have, with it. I don't have to buy next week. That's the good thing right. here. I don't have to buy right. next
0: week, but this car, I'm looking around. Okay. So he's got a 10 to 15-minute commute to work. To the dealer, wherever that is, mm-hmm. he commutes 120 miles round trip to school two days a week, and then his escape gets about 20 miles to the gallon on highway. Yeah. So what he wants is a car that gets 25 miles to the gallon city rated. Yeah. Yeah, no I'd, premium I'd, gas. This, this is difficult, honestly. <laughs> He's in northwest Ohio, in uh-huh. Toledo, yeah. so it's got to be winter capable, but really, you know, a Fiat Jolly is winter capable with proper tires. Exactly.
1: Right? <laughs> Volkswagen thing, a big <laughs> coat and some studded tires. No, they don't even need to be studded, but the winter coat is going to have to be key. Anyway, yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe maybe a fur collar. For sure. Something warm. Can you imagine jacket.
1: somebody driving by you in a Volkswagen thing, which has no top, <laughs> wearing the, the,
0: like, aviator goggles and the big, thick jacket? As long as they've got a hairdryer plugged in, aimed at the their face perfect. while they're driving. Yeah, because that's got an accessory port. Yeah, okay, perfect. He's five eleven, so obviously he's fine, fitting fit in just most about things. anything. Yeah, for sure. And he wants something reliable, low maintenance, and he's also willing to go non-domestic because mm-hmm. he comes from a Ford family. His uncle yep. manages an engine plant for Ford in Michigan. So, of course, <clears throat> lots of Fords in They've the family. Fords,
1: but he's willing to branch out, which is very good. It's excellent, Tyler.
0: There, there could be... We could have the discussion of satisfying your family and we could have this discussion of being the black sheep of your family and going a different direction just by virtue of your car choice but
1: but I, I will say this as both a son and a and a father you're going to be disappointed the, 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 the child will disappoint the parent the, the, uh, period okay I am aware that I have disappointed my father in many ways and I'm aware that my son has disappointed me and will
0: at some point and
1: just move on
0: alright Tyler on. never yeah. mind as you were on that apparently that ship has sailed yes His dad bought this Ford Escape brand new, so he's been driving it since he was 16. His dad currently has an 07 Ford Edge. Mm -hmm. His mom currently has a 2018 Ford Escape EcoBoost. Code for turbo.
1: Yes, noticing a Ford trend here. And then his brother has a a 2012 Ford Fusion, but uh, he said that he's surprised how little headroom that car has, which I thought was an interesting thing for him Mm -hmm. to note here. He's driven his girlfriend's grandmother's Suburban. I That's was a house by how good it was. That is a
0: house, yes. And then, of course, he's driven pretty much everything new from all of the dealers he works for. So I noticed in this on-the-job highlights list that he gives us, yes. he's got a thing for large cars. I noticed this, too. This was, I was interesting. very
1: surprised by this.
0: He's driven a 2015 Volkswagen Beetle. Of course, he's a huge classic Volkswagen Beetle fan. Yeah, Didn't get to drive it, but it's kind of made him pay attention and notice. It stuck out, in a way, okay. to him being all a right. classic VW fan. Okay. 2018 Subaru Crosstrek, uh, Impreza Hatch, mm-hmm. 96 Chevy Impala SS. <laughs> Those are actually very cool. They're huge. They're very cool. Yeah. 67 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Convertible. <laughs> he says most comfortable talk about car huge. I've ever driven. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, because that's <laughs> all it does. It's it's a roll. It's a rolling living room. Let's talk about fuel mileage on that car. Time. Yeah. How is that a car that that meets any of these needs? Yeah. And both 2018 and Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio just kind of puttered around to the front of the building to drop it off, apparently. Mm, Got to drive it, yeah. And a Dodge Challenger V6. And his note about the Dodge Challenger is that the interior feels claustrophobic. Isn't that interesting? He said it's got a low roofline and small windows. Uh Claustrophobic. This is a huge, enormous, gigantic car.
1: It's like a good-sized bunker in there. I mean claustrophobic? But but here's the thing, for as big as it is, I I will back his play one one. He's 5'11". Here. Yes. But it's fine. But you would expect a car like that to have better, bigger windows and more visibility. You and I yesterday were following a Honda Civic DX from the 90s. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and and we had a friend, Steve, who owned one of those. Until it actually quit running so badly, he couldn't repair it. That's the only reason he's still not driving that car today. Well, okay?
0: Steve's method of car care is to not, and then and they then just die. And he then he gets and, something else. Well, why did but, my
1: car die? I don't but, get it. But we were in, granted, we were in the, the Lancer following along, and we got, this guy got in front of us at one point, and I said to Paul, I said, look at how much visibility that car has. <laughs> it was like he was driving a
0: fishbowl on wheels. From the back of the car, you could see his hips. It was unbelievable. The huge back window. And it was this unbelievable. So, so that's the thing. If you're used to decent visibility and you get
1: into something like those Dodge products or a new Camaro, don't, don't go anywhere near there, Tyler. That'll really scare you. Yeah, I was going to say. It is Camaro amazing to have plenty right of room, but they don't have a whole lot of
0: outlets as you would expect. The, 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 the ports are not as big as you expect. <laughs> okay. All right. He's looking about a year out from now. Yeah. He's he's we, just biding he's his time. Got to have a car
1: by then. So he's yeah. he's
0: shopping already. Yeah. But here's the deal. Their stock is always rotra- rotating. Mm-hmm. The used cars are always going through. Yep. They're getting bought and sold, so he's just looking at things. But I come back to the brands that you listed in mm-hmm. the dealership. I'm not sure any of these brands manufacture a $15,000 car. That you could pick Agreed. up for that, even you if it's say anyway. You know, we don't know what the dealer pays. We don't. So True. it might be a twenty twenty five thousand dollar car, yeah. and just kind of depending, you could work it so you're you're getting a really great deal. But that meant <laughs> I went all used cars, uh-huh. and I I scrolled through your your dealership because you did send us a link, and so yeah. I found that there. Scrolled through the dealership listing of all the used cars, and then I went after Octane because I came up with two thinking. Could you really? So I found this on forums, and that is, they're on your list, the Fiesta ST and the Focus ST. Mm. The owner's manual for both these cars recommends as a minimum 87 octane. Interesting, okay. Now, all the owners, there's a huge forum debate for both these cars. And you've seen consumer reports say, well, you're just wasting your money because it doesn't really matter. And AAA says, it's really just about the mileage, and that's their focus on... Mm -hmm. You know, why go higher octane unless, you know, your yeah. engine actually requires it. But both those cars, the owner's manual says you can get away with 87 octane. There's plenty of owners who do yeah. and say, yeah. there you go. Why would I spend more? And they are. Yeah. So those are two cars very much under your $15,000 cap. Those excellent choices, by the way. They will take 87 octane. You might want to splash it some good stuff every now and then and run a tank of 93 or 92 through there hang
1: on i i I want to stop here and 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 this is a little little chalk talk for you tyler uh you can't see it i'm just pulling you aside for a second and i'm saying this (laughs) look i i understand okay i am a guy that now by no effort of my own every car i own says it requires premium okay Mm -hmm. but i will say this to you a couple of things modern cars they can run on less because their brains are smart enough to retard timing and change all that kind of stuff and they can run unless you typically get lesser performance by lesser octane in the same way that when you put race gas in your car you get more performance. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so you're not really going to break the car, but here is my my more important point. Every time you're at the gas station you might spend $2 more total getting premium. If it's Ten cents more a gallon and the tanks If it's twenty and you're putting ten ga- 12, 10 gallons, 16 there gallons. You, go. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Maybe look, I'll go I'll go crazy. Maybe you spent three dollars more on that fill up. Are you actually wanting to take lots of great cars off of your list over two to three dollars per gas fill up? That's I'm, a good I'm, point. I'm genuinely asking. That's you, a Tyler, good point. Because I, agree. I have to admit there's a part of me. My wife asked this question. She's like, Why don't we have any cars that run on regular? And I was like yeah, but we have cars we love, and she said, yes, yeah, that's a good point." Mm-hmm. You know, so good. I I don't think that. Good. Look, I could even argue for you that the miles per gallon is more important. I could see that because now I can actually see where your money's going. You're just burning it. Sure, but sure. taking cars off the list just because of two dollars per fill-up, I'm kind of going. I
0: think we need to just accept it. That that that's my kind of little. That's my kind of little rant for you, Tyler. But maybe just for you, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm blowing the cost of the car. Todd's over here saying. <laughs> 93 octane for everyone. No, I, I mean 91 is all I can find. But still, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all we have here. Actually, I don't really shop for cars by octane. I don't really think of. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. What is the minimum recommended that I can put in and get away with mm-hmm. that affects my car buying choices? To be honest, Tyler, you're the first that has actually asked for 87. Kind of get away with it.
1: It's it's not it's not a normal thing we hear in car debates, but I, but it is a normal thing in shopping though.
0: It is. It's I, just, I'm with you. I don't want you to limit choices because you think, well, I just don't want to spend the money. And it's kind of negligible. Kind of. And, and I'm not trying to minimize well, budgets and... Yeah. and what you have budgeted for fuel. I'm really not because especially hey. if you commute a lot, it does add up. I, and I, I had, am acknowledging that.
1: I had a time in life where I was literally gathering change to fill up my
0: 87 octane Caprice. And it, I've it been matters there and I get it. I it do matters. get it. I, I don't want to go so far that we say, eh, just ignore it. But mm-hmm. if it's there's a car that comes along yeah. that strikes you and it does require premium, don't just immediately discount it unless mm-hmm. truly it is off the I agree. radar off the list all right so thinking of fuel mileage i did think of a gti and a volkswagen Mm. gti will get you very firmly away from the ford family it will be a very different driving experience for (laughs) you Mom, dad i (laughs) bought a volkswagen (laughs) how's that conversation gonna go especially with your uncle well you know fifteen thousand dollars would get you a really nice gti and they're just they're a benchmark for german fun well, and They're just fun to drive. It's, it's
1: a great entry-level car for a German enthusiast car purchase because you also see how they treat their interiors differently. I mean, you're seeing that anyway with the stuff you're, you're driving a little bit, but how they treat their interiors differently, where the money goes differently. You see all of that, and you're into European tuning for a chassis. It's a, it's a different
0: animal if you haven't experienced it yet. I, I like that a lot. If you really want to go, fuel mileage, and that is the biggest thing because of your commute— Okay. I am bringing back the Honda CRZ. Oh, look at you! I am bringing it back. Okay, you can get them for twelve. You can get them for eleven. Yeah, you can get them cheap, 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 and they'll be
1: great yeah. on fuel. Actually, you can get a six-speed manual. It's an interesting car to. I mean, it's a genuinely interesting car to drive.
0: They are. Are they yeah. Fiesta ST? Are they really no. on fire? No, they're not. But they're fun in their own way. They're, and they're, they're light really and small delightful. In He's talked about how many cars he's intrigued by that are huge, which I find really interesting. Speaking but of that, but I which, do like the CRZ. Keep going. You could throw all those choices out, Tyler, and go get yourself a Buick Regal GS for 15 grand. Yes, I'm bringing it back. Ooh. Yes, I have a Ooh. list of them for sale. Buick Regal GS, they've got 30 000 to 40,000 miles on them okay. for 15 grand. Yeah, buy that car. Now, they say they only get 18 in the city, 25 on the highway. But you've got a lot of power. It appeals to the big car that you like, and you can get them in manual.
1: Hmm, okay. What about
0: a Buick Regal? Yes, interesting. They got, they brought them here in manual. I had forgotten that they did. They did. Okay, all right. Or just throw all of that out and get mm-hmm. a V6 Charger, Challenger. Actually, the two door. Go go Challenger. If the okay. um, Charger interior is cramped,
1: <laughs> go bigger. I'm just we're we're embracing it. <laughs> I actually had the uh, the Camaro or Mustang in V6 flavor on here. Did you? I mean, fifteen because, grand all day long because it it hits the price. It's going to get. I mean, I, he says twenty five miles a gallon city. I we're almost. You got to go small cars to get there twenty five mm-hmm. city. But all of the cars he said he's interested in are all big cars. I kind of thought that was a little bit of a, a, a gray area. But those, the V6 Camaro, V6 Mustang, if memory serves, regular gas runs in both of those. And highway, you're going to exceed that 25. Mm-hmm. So that's why both, and, and you're talking about your main mileage is going back and forth to school. It's probably on uh, pretty solid speeds. That gets you into rear wheel drive sports car. Now, the Camaro, you, you thought that you thought the char- the Charger had visibility issues. No, but at least climb in one. If one comes in used to the lot, climb in one and see what you think. Because I think that V6 gets the – it does all the fun rear-wheel drive stuff. Okay. But I think you can pull it off with regular gas and still get decent gas mileage. Okay. So those are both on my The list. gas
0: mileage thing might have to fluctuate here. It, it's a it big question. Might have to. It's the you drop have to pay play the thing that you and I talk about.
1: Yeah, where it, yeah. It, where it comes into speeding tickets and tires and brake pads and these are the consumables that cars require. Unfortunately, but it's a reality.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: All right, so you're landing there. Uh, I have those two. I did. I you mentioned in passing, Tyler. You mentioned you can fit in a Fiat 500 Abarth, which I thought was an interesting little curveball. Do you like that car because hmm. it gets good gas mileage? Sure, you would fit. They're it's cheap. fun to drive. They're, cheap. they're very cheap. It does not work on regular. But you mentioned. Have you it, confirmed so this? It I will not. Well, I'm sure it'll work on regular. <laughs> well, but it's a little turbo engine. They're going to they're going to ask you to put premium in. But I go. It's back not going to my, like you very much. I come back to my premium gas rant. So mm, uh, there's sure. that as well. Uh, MX fives. Cheap rear wheel drive but mm. you like bigger cars that was the thing there i mean
0: just keeps striking me yeah
1: yeah so the bigger car thing which made me go here but you're not going to get good gas mileage uh-oh get yourself a pontiac g8 <laughs> get yourself Tyler, a gto you're not going to get good no gas you're mileage. not going to get good gas mileage throw that out the window but it's a big it's a big chevy v8 put regular in it and drive it
0: yeah Yeah, you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: you'll enjoy. Because the reason I bring those two up is because I was just thinking about take those engines. They're not. They're not supercharged. There's nothing weird going on. Put regular gas in them. They will work. They'll still have power. Okay, you're going to have a nice, roomy interior. The cars that have struck you have been big. Cars. Yeah, you're you're, you're yeah, eyeing that '96 Chevy Impala SS. I'm looking at that, which is interesting. Hey, look, I I see it. the original advertisement for that was Darth Vader. Here's your car. Yeah. Okay. And that was during the dry spell of <laughs> yeah. no Star Wars either. So that was a that was a really I, big impression. Sure. I know you don't care. Sure. But anyway, so I just thought there's some big cars on here that have struck you. It's a dry
0: spell for no Star.
1: There was Wars. no Star Wars for a long time. Oh darn! It was the late '90s before it came back. Anyway, okay. <laughs> So Pontiac G8 or GTO are both in your price range. Big V8 power, not great gas mileage, but big V8 power. You're probably gonna, here's the thing. You're probably going to get mid-20s on the highway mm-hmm. if you take it easy. But can you take it easy, those cars? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Now, the, the Pontiac G8 comes in a V6, though, too. They do. So there's that possibility. Save your
0: dollars for tires, too. Yeah, well, certainly with the V8. But anyways, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying here. Backing it's a tough list. Yeah. Gas mileage. All right. We have not left ourselves nearly enough time for questions, so we've got to get in a few here. True, true. And thank you guys for these amazing questions. They're really interesting and intriguing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to know what's on your mind. Specifically, Frankie Peartree on Instagram okay. says that when he's in Europe, he's always impressed with his Peugeot rental car styling and performance. Mm. French cars could be for you.
1: <laughs> if he's... You like
0: this. French cars might be for you. huh. I did actually have a classmate who was French. His name's Samuel Chouffard, and he designed the Icona, uh, that titanium rebodied Ferrari oh, yeah. F12, or I, th- I guess it was a 599. I think it was a 599. But so yeah. he was a classmate of mine, and he had some of the, well, we'll just say creative, funky, different, <laughs> random kind of lines that defined his car designs. Okay. But anyway, I, uh, I always remember that. But yeah, French cars can be very different, and he's asking... He always picks Peugeot when he's traveling, but why did Peugeot leave North America and why can't you get a Peugeot in Canada? Is my understanding it was sales numbers. I'm sure they it They really yeah. just didn't have the following. And if you yeah. think about it, the North American market for cars is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's huge. It's enormous. And, and it's so all F-150s. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 52 seconds. An F-150 every 52 seconds. Anyway, yeah. Okay. You aim that we, we, nozzle. We, ha- we have to fix that. Anyway, yeah. So... I'm looking at the dealer network and the Mm -hmm. service that Mm -hmm. people want. All of those things. But you also have to think about, what about independent repair shops? Mm, yeah. Even for your Sabaru, even for obscure Sabs, yeah. there are repair shops You're right. you You're can right. take it to. You're right. Yep. Not so with French cars. There's a handful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're the diehard Peugeot 404 drivers <laughs> that, you know, the car never really caught on. The yeah. size, especially when Peugeot was here in the, I guess, the mid to late 80s, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. The size of cars, people were still wanting big cars. People still do, and now yeah. we're in the, you know, CUV, SUV craze again, and, you know, people want big cars here. We've got the space for it. <laughs> so We want F-150s, apparently, yeah. You know, yes, for a number of reasons. It was all of those kind of combined that the sales numbers dropped, and then you've got you've to gotta appeal to taste. What appeals from a styling standpoint to one continent doesn't necessarily translate over here, too. And you go funkier and different that might not appeal and so it's just a number of different shots against them that kind of push them out of the market and they thought all right we're coming back now i've said all that okay. to note uh 10 months ago as of this podcast recording there have been rumors that psa group mm-hmm. is building a new headquarters in atlanta bit odd unless you're going to sell cars here it is kind of odd i don't think they're selling model cars they want to sell real cars. They want to get back into this market because again, I mentioned it's huge. It is a big market. There's money to be made here. For sure. For sure. So if that's true, I have not read any latest articles on that, but if you're interested, go find PSA headquarters announcing, apparently they're starting to hire people. Well, that must mean they want to sell cars here. Theoretically dealer network service. That's a huge undertaking, but again, you've got to see it as a business opportunity. I mean, there's, plenty here and Peugeot is building a lot of cool SUVs now yeah interesting okay well SUVs would be the thing it would sell uh Michael has asked
1: a question on Twitter I want to touch on it quickly it's hard to answer questions that feel kind of like car debates uh through these social media questions but I'll touch on this really quickly Michael says should he keep a boring daily sedan which is a Camry and Mm. buy himself a weekend fun Miata or scratch that idea of two cars and just get himself an automatic BRZ and drive it every day I'm going to come back to the name of the show. Everyday Driver is intended for you to like the car you're in all the time. Okay? Hmm. So sure. I, I do understand. I Look, I, I drive crazy cars. We know people that have got their kind of normal car and then their track car. If you were going to tell me you were going to track your car every weekend, I would say, you know what? Maybe you go with a bland little sedan that is your commute car, and then this Miata is your track car. Sure. But I don't sure. get that sense from this tiny little bit of information that I have. My suggestion to you is get the car you're going to enjoy the most of the time. And I think in that scenario, the Camry goes. You don't buy a weekend car because how much are you going to genuinely are you going to use your weekend car? Maybe not that much. Get a car that every day you're in it, you like it. So in your case, it's the auto BRZ. It's
0: a question on Facebook from Eric Kay over here asking our her opinion on Ford and their announcements about Mustangs and then their announcements about just building hybrid electric cars and then just CUVs. Mm. Are they going to do something drastic and only build the Mustang as a hybrid electric once they actually release the Mach 1 Mustang? They hmm. keep hmm. telling us that they'll build by 2020. And he's saying, is this you know, based on the new Ford campaign commercial about the future is built? Well, every car company is now talking about, well, we, we have to redefine. We have to redefine the future of hmm. mobility. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, from Daimler, who invented the car. <laughs> They've been around a while, yeah. Mm-hmm to you name the car company they want in on this future think about mobility yeah and mobility is not what enthusiasts like to hear like us (laughs) i'm
1: moving from i don't want to to just be i'm mobile
0: across town or just move up my favorite canyon road yeah i want to drive yeah i I want to really enjoy it but eric there's every chance they could go that direction there's every chance We don't know what, of course, what plans car companies are thinking, but everybody seems to want to get in on this. Hey, you know, whatever version of it that we Mm. do, I think it's going to splinter categories of cars even more where we talk about you know a three box design a sedan and you know the rear-wheel drive manual transmission sedan that kind of thing there's going to be so many variants that Mm -hmm. the they're going to compete against each other in a broad category but one thing is not going to do what something some other car totally does differently and it's a different approach and either would be a good choice i think all these things are going to just kind of spread out like a huge bubble chart in into different (laughs) models BMW leading the way, of course. Oh, of course. <clears throat> They'll figure out how to do an XI something something new variation. Yeah, with Eric, it's Eric h- people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eric, it's hard to speculate, but there's every chance they could do that. They will not leave the Mustang. I mean, can you imagine if the Mustang were to be just axed? stopped? Yeah. No. They've yeah. got, you know, gearheads, muscle heads, enthusiasts, all of us who want the Mustang. Yeah. But they've got this whole other market of mobility to Capture and define and redefine in their own way, and that's where their headspace is at. That's where a lot of companies are going right now. So there's every chance they could. I hope they don't, but we're not seeing a lot of evidence in mm. news articles right now. Yeah, uh, Bruce has got a good question on Facebook. It's Corvette-related, but I, but I wanted to speak, because it's,
1: it's larger than Corvettes, though. It, he's, he's using the Corvette as an example. How much should he worry about the wait for the next model syndrome, the next model's going to be awesome syndrome? Okay. Don't buy the current one because the next model is coming and it's going to be great. That kind of ties
0: into the Ford discussion a little exactly. bit. Exactly. He's specifically
1: saying how interested he is in a Corvette C7, but he knows the C8 is coming. Hmm. Should he buy? Should he wait? What's the headspace going to be here? Do I get
0: the iPhone now or do I wait for September when the new iPhone exactly. comes
1: out? Exactly right. It applies to all kinds of stuff. And the other discussion, the concern here is if I buy the new one, the, the, what is currently the new one, and six months they have an all-new model – Have I just screwed myself financially? Mm A couple Mm -hmm. of things here, Bruce. First off, if you like a a C7 Corvette, go get one. But don't get a new one. If you're worried about depreciation, get one that's two or three years old already. They've been out long enough. Get one that is honestly two-thirds to half the price it was if you went and bought a new one. Then you haven't hurt yourself financially as badly. And when the C8 comes out, you don't feel like, I just spent all this money on a brand new C7 and you dropped the C8. The other thing in the case of the C8, though, it's not going to be the same price point. I fully believe it's not going to cost the same as the C7 does right now. They have to blow it out. It's probably going to be a six-figure car to start. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. that's probably not an issue. But if if you're shopping outside of Corvettes into do I get the current model or do I wait for the new one, I would say if you like the current, whatever car we're talking about, get the current, but buy a used one and save yourself.
0: Yeah, no kidding. All right, so a little bit more forward discussion here. I'm tempted by this. There's a question down here from Alex R. asking about the Ranger Raptor. Mm. that is not coming to the U.S., but he's asking, yeah. would it sell with the 2.3 liter EcoBoost engine? Well, can you imagine truck buyers? Remember that F-150 discussion? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I was When you that. pull up in your Ranger Raptor, as cool as as it is, and as much as I do want one, I mm-hmm. think they're awesome. Yeah, I think it's the, the perfect, from what I can tell, iteration of a, a pickup truck a good size with all the cool running gear and the off-roadness and just the coolness of kind of what you want but can you imagine rolling up to any car show and everybody would ask you you know did your cute little truck come with a salad
1: <laughs> maybe i mean in,
0: in the, the u.s and texas yeah. where everybody yeah. you buy a pickup truck yeah and that's the reason japanese manufacturers struggled for so long sure. because sure the trucks weren't big enough yeah 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 they right. still were not big enough and yeah. then Finally, they got big enough. The Nissan Titan mm-hmm. came about. Yeah. And it's enormous. Yeah. And
1: it sells like crazy. The Armada, which is a great name for a car that didn't sell that well. do you like but a Zima
0: Light with your cute little pickup truck? Possibly. Possibly. That's why. But in Europe. You think? Okay, maybe. I, I, I can see that. But I, I think yeah. they should. I think it'd be awesome. But yeah. I think it'd be a really small market for it. Interesting. I hate to say it. I like that. Interesting commentary there. Uh, Olin asked
1: a question about – actually, I want to come back to that. I want to talk Burge's question on Instagram first. He asked a question about shifting gears mid-corner. Why is this a problem? Oh, good question. Why is this a problem? Excellent question. He's driving his first manual car. He got it a few weeks ago. He's learning things about it. Let me see if I can clarify this um, quickly. Uh, Let's see. The problem is – If you ever take car instruction at a racetrack, they'll talk about you only have 100% of grip to work with, and it has to go and do multiple things. Mm -hmm. If you've got 100% grip in a straight line, the minute you turn, now it's worried about turning. What if it has to worry about power? The problem here is you disrupt the grip with a mid-corner shift. Exactly. This is the key thing. When you're coming into a corner and you shift prior, your your tire's only doing one thing. They're going straight. When you're turning, the tires are having to handle not only putting power down, front wheel or rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive is a much bigger issue. Not only are they trying to put power down, but they're trying to to navigate the corner and stay on the edges of grip. Oh. You disrupt them with a mid-corner shift because what happens is no matter how good you are, you probably are not heel-towing well enough to exactly match the wheel speed through the course of the shift. So now you have a, if you will, a hop that is generated by the fact you are now in a new gear. Yeah, That yeah. hop is often just enough to break traction, which is why you do not shift mid-corner. And the reason that that really good dual clutches can get away with it because they perfectly match the wheel speed. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, as a human probably can't, which if you get a car like a Lotus, welcome to spinning. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> Your backwards. front-wheel drive car, probably not. The other thing is if you have a car that's very low power and you aren't cornering that hard, you'll never notice
0: this. If it's high power and you're cornering very hard, hello. There's a question here. I cannot resist Okay, from James C on Twitter said, do we have any love for any of the Fieros? I haven't heard that word for it's so cool. long. Yeah. I do actually. When I was 10 or 11, I got for Christmas a, like a, I don't know how long it was, what scale it was, but it was at least a foot and a half long. It was a, remote-controlled Fiero. Oh, cool. And I love that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, And then I went to art school, and the director of transportation was Ron Hill, okay. who actually had a hand in designing the Fiero. Mm. And then recently, I've gotten into a discussion with a guy here, a friend of mine here in Park City. He is totally into restomods and okay, old okay. cars. He drives a 68 GTO. Okay, yeah. Pontiac GTO. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> His wife actually is pregnant, and they're coming. They're, his last name starts with O, as a matter of fact. Okay, and he is trying to think of kids' names like Garrett, Thomas, or Gabriel, <laughs> Tim. Okay. I mean, he's trying right. to like come up with GTO for his kid's that name. That's very funny. Okay, so we've gone off the rails talking about that discussion, but he suggested. A resto mod, a Fiero with a Northstar V8 swap in the back—frightening and awesome—all at the same time. Because you can time. get Fieros for like six hundred bucks. Yeah, drop a Northstar V8 with I don't know three hundred horsepower, and, and
1: you're pray, done. pray that it makes it through lemons, uh, James. I'm actually going to say to you the '86. The 1986 version, when they added kind of the flying buttresses to the design mm-hmm. and made it look more like a Ferrari 308, I
0: loved those. I thought that was so cool. And that
1: GT version, they called it the GT. That GT version was actually the beginning of GM starting to refine it to make it a good mid-engine car. And then guess what? It died. Yep. Yeah. Olin, real quick, you asked about our, our. We were talking about remote buying, and you said I was looking for red flags on a car. Carfax. What are those red flags? This is a practically a four-hour conversation. Oh, I'll say good. to you. Uh my concerns are things like that's a weird fix that keeps getting done. Hmm. Or I'm not that worried, honestly, about a lot of owners. But if I see a lot of owners and I never see a registration that the car was ever in for service, I realize you can get a car service and that doesn't show up in your carfax. But it had six owners, and I can never see that it got the oil changed at any other like, dealer ever, anywhere yeah. that, that puts it in. <laughs> What's going on? Why, was it, why is there no record of it ever being serviced? If the same problem keeps happening, that's a red flag. If the car was salvaged, I'm walking away. If the car was stolen, that's a big concern. The airbags were out, but we fixed it. It's good now. No, you haven't. I'm walking away. These are issues. Stuff that is a, that is a total like, hmm, should I buy that car? What are the things waiting for me? Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. And when I was looking at Lancers, some of them, no service was ever shown. One of them I looked at, about every six months, they kept putting it in for the same problem. And I kept going, what's wrong with the alignment on this car? They keep getting it aligned. What's wrong with the alignment? I mean, literally, like every six months, over multiple owners, one of them. I was like, that's, I'm not, that's not good. So it's those kind of weird patterns that suggest a problem or
0: some defining event where you go, I'm going to walk away now. For any of you listening who write code for apps or develop apps, here's an idea to leave you with, and that is like a, a service wiki kind of thing. You enter okay. the VIN number, and you can add wherever you are, whoever Ooh. you are. Ooh. You, it's one app. It's a industry standard, and you just add, "Hey, I did an oil change," mm-hmm. or the the mm-hmm. owner, I, you know, private owner, I did an oil change, or mm-hmm. I did some service mm-hmm. by myself. I like or, that. And there's always service records available for that VIN. Searchable Always. by VIN. That would be fantastic, It's a actually. raw idea. It's not perfect. But you know how Wiki, Wikipedia yeah. can be edited by users, and usually usually, it filters out to be accurate information. It's not end-all, be-all by sure. any means, but somehow come up with a way to verify that, indeed, that service were do- was done. So the mm-hmm. dealer adds to it, a private owner adds to it, yeah. and then when you buy the car, you log on to that app, and you've got all your service records. I like this. Forever. Now you just need other people's money and somebody to do coding. Perfect. Got it. Well, the idea should at least get me to the IPO. You know it. Don't you think? To the IPO. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're worth more than Ford. I've got no idea why. (laughs) I can clap my hands and back away. Yeah. Go buy an island or something. Perfect. Full of cars. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Really, really appreciate all your social media questions. They're awesome. Honestly. Thank you. And uh, yeah, write to us with your debates. There's more coming at you. Really appreciate it. Cheers.